What's up, what's up, everyone? It's Janaya Tashe here, and I'm your brand new host for the 10 Down, 8 To Go podcast, where we talk about golf and everything surrounding it. And guess what? We talk to some pretty cool people, too. Today, we have the honor of talking to Mr. Jim Beatty. He is the founder of the first annual African-American Golf Expo and Forum. And guess what? It's going to be held in just a few months, y'all, next year. So today, we're going to talk to him about all of that good stuff. Mr. Beatty, do you mind telling us about this expo that you're going to be having next year and guess what i will be there guys so make sure you are there tell us a little bit more about that we chose the marietta hilton and conference center because i have actually held other conferences there okay. not at size, but i was always impressed with the facility and the fact that i'm less than 20 steps away from the golf course and can go play made it an extremely attractive area and the hotel has just been so accommodating and the golf course, because that's where we're going to host the clinic, they have been extremely accommodating and welcoming, and they are all looking forward to it. I've even received uh, information and uh, welcoming from the uh, mayor of Marietta. Uh, oh, wow. The Council, uh, the Expo. So I'm just excited about it, and uh, I know there's a lot of good golfers, a lot of golfers and a lot of good golfers in the Atlanta area. Uh, and, and outside of Atlanta that will be coming because I've heard from them. Yes. So I'm looking forward to it in, in many respects. That is beautiful. And I heard that you mentioned earlier how wealthy the golf industry is. You said it was $84 billion industry. Now, that's something new to me, yeah. and I see you learn something new every day. Why do you think that African-American people don't know much or haven't been repu- represented, I guess, in the golf industry? Do you do you think it's because of representation or is it because maybe we just didn't have somebody that could lead us to it? Why do you think that until now we don't really see or hear of many, you know, beside the Tiger Woods, um, African-Americans in the golf industry? Well, as you said, and I've stated before, it is an $84 billion industry and uh, that's on an annual basis. Wow. Now, what the golf industry has not done well is reach out to the various ethnic groups that participate in golf. Mm. They have identified them, African-Americans being one, right. Latinos, Asians, uh, and then they've identified subgroups such as millennials and others, right? Right. But it has not had a very cohesive and, under- and understandable outreach effort. So, as a result, there's a lot of misunderstanding in golf. And so, as it relates to African Americans, uh, our data, my data, suggests that many people think that you have to play golf in order to participate in the industry. Mm. That you have to be a professional player, such as a Tiger Woods or Harold Barner right. or Cameron Stamps or Joseph Bramlett and others. Uh, and that's just not the case. While we would like to see more African-American players on the professional level, there are thousands of jobs and career opportunities, and golf simply hasn't done a great uh, job of informing us. And so I and others have decided that we need to take uh, this uh, effort and promote it to African-Americans and, mm-hmm. other, and other folks to help get the word out that there's tremendous job opportunities. And by the way, we're going to have sessions where we will involve the HBCUs, the Associated Black Colleges and Universities. Oh, nice. To talk about uh, how golf can be incorporated into their field of studies. 
as well as how golf can be improved at their respective universities with their golf teams, but also for all students in their field of study. So golf just has to do a better job of outreach, and I'm glad that the golf industry is rallying around me to, to help do this. And as you have uh, noticed, Golf Digest is our title sponsor, and we have other sponsors coming on board to help us get that message out. Nice. And you know what? I like that you said that you have the um nat- the historically black colleges coming to the expo that they can talk to the people and see how we can incorporate golf into the universities. Because I will say I graduated from UNC Greensboro. We had a golf team, but you didn't see any African-American men or women. Um, so I feel that that's a great component that you added in there. Tell me, besides the physical rewards, what's have been the, the most rewarding thing ever since you started this big love for golf? What's been the most rewarding thing for you? The reward has really been internal, that, that yeah. to know that my efforts and other people that I'm involved with, that our efforts are making an impact uh, in, in our respective organizations and in the industry, and quite frankly, in the world. You know, right. uh, I'm a child of the 60s, so I go back to a lot of what Martin Luther King and others talked about, mm. that, you know, if you want to make a difference in this world, you can. Absolutely. Uh, if, if whatever it is you can do, just be good at it and be the best at it. And that's all I've tried to do. And the people that I have worked with and have been around me, they share that same value. So to know that we're making a difference in the industry means quite a bit to me. It's very satisfying and very gratifying to be a part of this. And this being the first African-American Golf Expo is just something that is it's really written in the history books. Now, is this something that you plan to have annually? Yes, ma'am, without a doubt. We plan to have it annually. Awesome. Uh, we will uh, certainly do our best to prevent, excuse me, to present a great conference and expo to all the attendees. And we will learn from that. And we certainly plan to have have this on an annual basis. So uh, as anything, we, we will learn and we will grow and we'll get better. What do you think is the major difference between this and the many other expos? What is What makes this expo stand out from the rest? Plain and simple, because this expo is by definition oriented and targeted to African Americans. No other expo in the history of the game has done that. Wow. So by virtue of being very definitive and very specific, uh, it sets it apart from other expos. Um, and we and it's open to the public. The other expos, especially the PGA Merchandise Show, which is the largest one mm-hmm. uh, in, in the world, you have to be a professional in the industry to attend. Wow. On this one, all you have to do is be interested, and you can attend. The being specifically oriented toward African-Americans and being open to the public sets this apart from all other expos uh, in the world. Absolutely. Now, a couple of other questions. Less about the expo, more more about you. So how often do you play? Is it something that you still try to incorporate in your daily routine, or how important um, is golf to you as far as how often you play it? I play in two leagues here in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Uh, I play on Tuesday nights and I play on Wednesday nights. And these are two nine-hole leagues. Uh, I've been fortunate to have won these leagues in the past. Uh, and uh, But I struggle with my game like everybody else does. Every week, every shot. Right. Uh, so I'm out here trying to get better all the time. So I play in, a league, uh, in leagues twice uh, a week. 
And then I try to play another couple of times, uh, again, because I'm always working on something. Right. Uh, golf is a continuously uh, uh, tireless, tireless effort where you're trying to uh, improve your game. And, and once you think you have improved your game, something else pops up that you got to work on. So mm. it's a lifelong effort. And, and that's, by the way, that's one of the things we're telling people. You can play this game literally from cradle to grave. Wow. People are starting at age two or three, and you can play and, until you move on to the great golf course in the sky. Right. right. Absolutely. There's a golf, so even if you have a physical handicap or ailment, there's a doctor's golf that allows you to play uh, as well, too. Wow. So you can't play basketball forever. You can't play football forever. You can't run track forever. But you can play golf forever. Wow. And I didn't even realize now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking like, you know what? That is true. That is a sport that you could do very young and adolescence. What do you think it is about golf? I know everybody had their knack for each sport, what they like about basketball, football. But whenever you're watching, what is it? that really gets you excited. I know a lot of people play and the weather has to be a certain way and they're gauging things with their eyes and they're measuring. What was talk about that skill that it has to that you need to play golf because I know it's definitely a skill to it. Well, you're absolutely right and the skill is ongoing in terms of you developing your skill. So whether you're just starting out and I encourage those that are thinking about it to pick it up or if you've been playing 20 years you are always developing your skill in this. Whether it's your short game, your putting, your drive, your mental approach, you're always developing something. In fact, if I can steal a quote from Michael Jordan, uh, who has uh, a pretty good game, and by the way, he also has a course now. uh, He says, golf always wins. Golf Mm. always wins. Meaning, you can never beat this game. You can get better at it, but you can never beat this game. It's a lifelong learning process, and it's uh, and that's the appeal of it is that it is a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge, but it is for certain a mental challenge. And so, if you are an athlete in any other sport, I will guarantee you, once you start playing golf, you will see and understand it's different. Doesn't mm. matter how fast you ran, doesn't matter how high you jump, doesn't matter how hard you block. Right. Golf is different. Golf is different, and it's the mental challenge that is so appealing to people that have been in athletics and those that haven't been in right. athletics. It's still a mental challenge and a lifelong learning pursuit, and it takes you all over. It can take you all over the world. I've mm. golfed in Africa. I've golfed in Europe. Uh, I, I've even golfed in Iceland. Wow. So, okay. So, what has been your favorite of the three? Of those three, or of the many um, places you've golfed, what do you think, what location you think you enjoy the most? I want to tell you, I enjoy them all. Mm, it's, okay. uh, probably I enjoy Africa because it's the motherland, mm. and to just step foot in Africa and play golf is, is really very special. But anytime I'm on a golf course, I'm happy. But uh, being, playing golf, and uh, I actually played in Ethiopia. Wow. Uh, that was uh, a unique uh, experience for me. So, but I enjoy any time I'm on a golf course. So it doesn't matter if I'm on a nine-hole municipal course or a resort uh, or a resort property. I'm 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 happy. But Africa was a very uh, unique experience and, and a very gratifying experience for me as well. 
Now, when it comes to playing the game of golf in different countries, the countries that speak different languages and have different things, is the game of golf the same or is there are there differences when you when you go to different locations? The golf club and the golf ball speak no language other than the language of the player that is hitting the ball. That's mm. it. The golf ball does not make any differences due to language, right. continent, or time zone. So you still have to hit that ball. You still have to get it in the hole uh, at par or under. And that's the, that's the universal language of golf. It's called par or better, right? So it doesn't matter where you are. It's still the same fundamental processes. And uh, I have played with folks that speak other languages. But when it comes time comes time to hit the ball and get it in the hole, they all are the same. Golf ball, a good friend of mine, his name is Glennon Basil. He said, golf don't care. That was, those are his words. Mm. He's a teacher in the uh, New Orleans area, and that was his comment. Golf doesn't care, uh, meaning that doesn't matter where you are and who you are, you still have to do something to that ball and get it in the hole. My dad loved playing golf. Um, uncles loved playing golf. They would either go early in the morning, Saturday or Sunday. But I noticed that there's a certain type of etiquette when it comes to playing golf. I noticed my dad, they would wear a certain thing or certain shoes or talk about that. How important, I guess, is your comfortability as far as what you wear whenever you're playing? Well, as it relates to black folks, we have always been a group of people that have dressed and, and have shown uh, our best uh, attire, especially on the golf course. And that's been true of the golf golf as a whole game. And that continues today. Uh, one of the, one of the best dressed golfers in the history of the game was a gentleman by the name of Teddy Rose, uh, who was born in Nashville and was one of the greatest players ever to play the game. Wow. Teddy would actually change clothes when he when he completed nine holes before he went to play the other nine. He was just that resplendent uh, in his uh, dress and attire. Well as black folks we like style. Plain right. and simple. We like style from head to toe. That's true. And golf is the opportunity. Yes, golf gives us an opportunity to uh, to dress accordingly. Yes. Now you can play golf in a t shirt and shorts if you want to, but as black folks we have a very high degree of fashion sense and we like to show it off. I certainly like to. I own many, many golf shoes and many uh golf attires. Nice. And my wife says I have too much. But uh, <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy it, and it simply takes advantage of our sense of style and sense of fashion. But again, you can play it in a t-shirt and cut off if you want to. Right. I choose to uh, try to go the, the higher route. Uh, but but on that same note, uh, with golf fashion, you have companies in, in this $84 billion industry that that's all they do is make golf clothing. Wow. And so this is a great opportunity for people uh, African Americans that can sew, that can design, that that can uh, do various kinds of fashion activities. Right. Uh, and by the way, we plan to have a fashion show uh, at the expo as well too. Wow! We like fashion. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I love absolutely. that. I love that. I've had a number of folks ask me about that, and especially the uh, the sisters, the African American females, saying we need our own line of clothes. It's fine. Develop it. And uh, also show it at our fashion show. We'll have that uh, on Monday night uh, at the Expo. But, wow. Uh, to your point, we love fashion. And uh, there, are, there are certainly rules. And you mentioned etiquette. 
golf has a set of rules that you have to abide by on, on how you conduct yourself. There is no there is no referee in golf. You call penalties on yourself when mm. you make a mistake. Okay. Golf is, as they call it, a gentleman's sport, but it really means there is a there is a certain demeanor by which you carry yourself on the golf course, and you hold yourself to that standard, and you hold your fellow player to that standard. And so having that etiquette as well as the fashion on the course makes it a, a tremendous parallel on life of how you need to conduct yourself and comport yourself. Yes, that is beautiful. Okay, now one last question before we wrap up this great interview. Name, if you can, three of your all-time favorite golf players. Doesn't matter if they're African American or whoever, or even if they are all African American. Well, uh, for me, it would be oh, three is tough. This is hard. Uh, but uh, Althea Gibson, who many people know as a great tennis player, she won Wimbledon, but a lot of people don't realize she was also the first black uh, ladies golf pro uh, in America. Uh, so Althea Gibson, Teddy Rose. Calvin Peak, Tiger Woods. I'm sorry, I'm fast. <laughs> no, it is Joe okay. Lewis. Look, name them all out. Joe <laughs> uh, Lewis, Charlie Stifford, uh, Lee Elder. I mean, I could go on. Tiger Woods is in there. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I love the folks that were the that were the pioneers in golf. Yes. Uh, you know, golf, black folks weren't allowed to play professional golf until 1961. Wow. There was a Caucasian clause that that disallowed us from playing golf. And so uh, so many great black players were not known until then. And the ones I just named uh, are among, among the, the first players that the game has ever seen. But because of that Caucasian-only clause, they weren't allowed to play on the PGA. Mm. Well, now that clause, you know, has been uh, eliminated. And we have folks like Tiger Woods and Cameron Champ and Harold Browner and Joseph Bramlett. But believe me, it's because of the efforts of the Charlie Siffers and Lee Elders and others right. that we have uh, that opportunity now. So that's why they're going to always rank in my all-time. That Lewis, is beautiful. Uh, Joe Lewis was not only a world champion boxer, he was a two-handicap in golf. He was a great golfer. Wow. Learn something new again. <laughs> there you go. Learn something new again. Well, before we depart, Mr. Betis, I want you to re um, repeat one more time how participants and how vendors can register for the expo that's going to be held in February. Yes, the registration information will be on the website, which is uh, the aagolfexpo.com. Registration information will be posted on there as well as sponsorship and exhibit information. You just simply go to the website, aagolfexpo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Jim Beatty. It was great talking to you. And we look forward to next February, the African-American Golf Expo. Hey, wear your best clothes. All right. We want to say thank you again to Mr. Jim Beatty for coming on and dropping those beautiful gems about the first annual African-American Golf Expo and Forum that will be held next February in Marietta, Georgia. Vendors, participants, make sure you go online at aagolfexpo.com where you can register for this lovely event. Once again, we want to say thank you for joining us on the 10 Down 8 to Go podcast. And don't forget, get in the game. It's the only way to win. It's Janiyah Tashe here, and I'm signing out. Oh, <laughs>